The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. If you are tuning in live, thank you for tuning in live. And if you're downloading the podcast, thank you for doing that too. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanov, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today for yet another hot topic in career management and job search. And if you've been listening for a while, you know this, but if you're new, you might not know that this show is all about giving you the skills and tools that you need to manage your own career in today's new economy, right, where companies are laying off and expecting you to take more control over your career. So each week, I share my experiences helping thousands of professionals advance their careers, and I bring in industry leaders to provide career intelligence to help you stay ahead of the curve. So as you're listening today, keep that in mind. Our goal is to help you move your career forward, whether that means moving up, moving out, or starting your own thing. So today, we are going to talk about a very different topic. We're going to talk about emotional intelligence and we're going to talk about some of the skills that you need and tools that you can use to improve your communication and your self-management and all of those pieces that go into emotional intelligence. So if you're looking for the opportunity to ask a question of me about career change, job search, career advancement, or the topic that we're talking about today, emotional intelligence, feel free to call in live at 866-472-5790, or you can email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com with your questions. And I look forward to answering any questions that you might have as we move through this topic and other topics around career world, the world, career world. So today, again, we're talking about emotional intelligence. And last week, we talked about emotional intelligence as one of the pieces that you need to be a good leader. And a leader, remember, not only means that you're in charge of people, right, but that leadership that you need to lead your own career, to stand out in your work, or to direct your own work if you are working on your own. So emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to identify, assess, and control the emotions of oneself, others, 
or groups. So that's a a big thing, right? To be able to identify your emotions, but not only yours, but those of others and those of a group, right? You've probably seen really great speakers who can adjust when the, the mood of the group falls or can answer a question without the group even asking it because they, they can feel it rising in the group. That's great emotional intelligence. Or if you have that person and and the book we're going to kind of reference today talks about a, you know, a waitress who can I, kind of see what you need before you ask for it or can see that something's not right without making you say it, right? If you're one of those people who hates to say that the, the food tastes bad or is cold or whatever, a great waitress with great emotional intelligence can sense that and do something about it without you having to say anything, right? That's that ability to to identify, assess, and control emotions. And so the book that we're going to be talking about today, I referenced briefly at the end of our conversation yesterday, yesterday, last week, and and that is Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Jean Graves, spelled G-R-E-A-V-E-S. And I like this book because it gives you an assessment to see where your gaps are and Although I tend to be a strengths-focused gal, when we're talking about emotional intelligence, there are things that we do well, and it's great to know that we do them well, and we can use those things that we do well to help us address any gaps that we might have in the other areas, right? So we're going to talk about four categories of, of emotional intelligence, or the four different pieces of emotional intelligence today. And we're also going to talk about why they're important, right? You might be thinking about, well, I just have to do my job well, right? And we've talked about that quite a few times, but in case you missed it, it's really not what it's all about, right? The company that my husband works for, their performance evaluation has seven criteria. Only one of those seven, one of the seven, is technical competence related, most of the others are emotional intelligence, emotional competence related. So when you're thinking about getting that advancement, right, getting that promotion, getting that raise, a lot of that is going to have to do with emotional intelligence, not necessarily your competence. And in today's world, I see that becoming more and more true. An engineering degree from Stanford is not going to be an automatic thing even to get a job today right it's all about your ability to problem solve and interact with others which is where emotional intelligence comes in so if you don't consider yourself to be a natural at this that's why we're talking about it right i i think that there are some people who are more naturally emotionally intelligent just like there are people who are more naturally intellectually intelligent right and And Dan Goldman talks about all the different types of intelligences, which I love. And so if you are naturally gifted with intelligence in the the stereotypical sense and emotional intelligence doesn't come easy, well, guess what? That's an area that, that you can work on. And you may find friends, family, coworkers who you consider to be less intelligent, but maybe they have more emotional intelligence. And that can be frustrating when you see them getting the promotions and and getting those things moving on 
and you feel like, hey, I'm smarter than that person. I can solve problems better. Well, let's work on your emotional intelligence so that people can value your intelligent intelligence just as much as those other people around you. And that's what we're going to give you some of the tools to do that today. As we talk through some of the things in in this book, The Emotional Intelligence 2.0, we're also going to bring in some of my counseling skills and counseling tools that I've found to be extremely helpful with with clients just thinking about how I interact with others. And so we're not going to go too deep here into the counseling world, but I am going to share a few of those tools with you that I have found to be very helpful with people that I talk to and when I teach some of these classes in the world of communication. So what are the four areas here? The four areas are self-awareness, Right, That ability to know what's going on inside you. You understand what you're feeling. You know what your strengths are. You know what your buttons are. And you feel confident and worthy. You're not looking for other people to give that to you. I'd say that in today's world, that often can be trouble for us. I work with a lot of people who have been degraded at work by a boss, by coworkers, usually boss, and that can degrade your emotional intelligence, right? Because you start to feel less worthy, less less like you have meaning. And when we feel that way, we tend to not react as well. And so that's all part of that self-awareness piece, that you understand what you're feeling, you know what your challenges are, and that you don't look outside of yourself for that feeling of worth. The second one is self-regulation or management. And this is your ability to keep things in check, to be able to have courage, which we're going to talk a little bit, that courage in difficult situations to be honest and have integrity, take responsibility for mistakes, you're flexible and and can adapt to change, and you're comfortable with new ideas, right? If you're that person who's always struggling when someone brings up a new idea, that can be a self-regulation issue. Right, because you think you have to be right or whatever it might be that's coming up there, that's that self-regulation piece. So keep things in check. You can be true to yourself in difficult situations, take responsibility for those mistakes and, and performance, and flexible, open to new ideas. All right, so that's the, the second piece there, the self-regulation. The third one is social awareness or empathy, right? And empathy is a skill. Some people have it naturally, but you can learn it, right? That's pretty much what they teach in counseling counseling school, counseling graduate school especially, is all about learning how to do some of the things that can make you more empathetic. Sensing the feelings of others, understanding their perspective. Sense when other people need your help, right? Like the waitress we were talking about. Anticipate people's needs, help others create opportunities for themselves, and as we were talking about, read a group's emotions and sense power relationships. So understand who's got the power and and how to navigate that situation, right? That that self social sorry, social awareness of what's going on in the room and the empathy 
to feel what's going on in the room. And some of you engineers, you might cringe at the word feel, but it's so powerful, so powerful. Whether you are a feelings person or not, you don't have to be touchy-feely to be able to recognize the feelings of others and take that and use it to your advantage. In fact, my husband is an engineer, and I don't think that I would call him touchy-feely, but he, because of his family and the way he grew up and, and growing up with a sister with special needs, has a very unique ability as an engineer to to do this, to see what's going on in the room, to read other people and and it does help him at his work. So hopefully I can teach you some of the tools today that you can use to be better at that as well if you struggle with, with those things. The third one is relationship. And that relationship management, we've talked about relationships a lot, that relationships are what helps you move, right? Between, up, whatever it might be, those relationships are what helps people want to buy you, right? Whether they're buying you as a contractor or employee or even just bringing you onto their project team. So that relationship management is really about being able to influence others while being open and communicating clearly, being able to negotiate, resolve conflict. We're going to talk a little bit about conflict today and inspiring others or getting people to do things, right? Dealing with change and building relationships that are mutually beneficial, right? Not being that person that's always taking and not always being the person that's giving either, which some of us can can get in trouble with in that relationship management section because then we, we can be a doormat, right? And we don't want to be a doormat. There are some bads to that just as much as there are to always being the person who is taking. So I've given you a little bit of an overview of what we're going to cover today. We're going to go through some tools to manage each of these four areas and some tips for things to look out for, things to do to work on your skills in each of these four areas. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and we're going to dig into improving your self-awareness so that you can get that promotion, be better in a job interview, wherever it is that you are at in growing your career. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about emotional intelligence. And don't be scared, and don't turn off the channel because you don't think it matters to you because we are talking about this in the light of its importance to you getting advanced in your career and in your job search, right? So whether you're unemployed and looking or you're trying to get that promotion, this might be some of the things that are holding you back or some things that could give you that competitive edge if you feel like, you know, my technical skills are about the same as everybody else's. Well, guess what? A lot of decisions are made on emotional intelligence anyway, so that might be a good place to start. If you find yourself not getting where you want to go or especially not getting hired after interviews, there may be some things in your emotional intelligence tool bag that could use some sharpening. So that's what we're doing today. And first, we're going to talk about self-awareness. And self-awareness, you know, pretty self-explanatory. It's really know yourself, right? And the book that that these four areas come out of and, and some of the stuff we're going to talk about today comes out of is called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Travis Bradbury and Jean Graves. I'm going to give you a few of the nuggets out of there. It's still, it's a great book. If you like what we're talking about today and you want more, um, go pick up the book. You can take the assessment, see where your strengths are and how you might use those to um, account for any areas where you feel like you could grow. And really a great book for that so you're walking into a job interview and for some reason you start talking about things in this very boastful way and you think to yourself well geez that's not really me I don't really have this you know hubris or I usually don't react that way I'm kind of shy and you think well that was strange, right? Why did that come out? Well, it's a great thing to start recognizing about yourself and that self-awareness. And this actually was me in my first interview after I graduated college. I went to interview for a position at Colorado State University. And 
I walked out thinking, wow, I sounded like a know-it-all, right? And it just, it came out so weird. Well, it turns out that I do that a lot when I get nervous. It's it's a technique for, for me to cover up, right? To cover up that I'm nervous, I put on this false front that I'm so confident. And what happened was I got called in for not really a second interview, but kind of a touch base with the hiring manager to make sure that they didn't want to hire me, I think was pretty much where they were headed with it. And she said, you know, tell me about a time that you've received feedback. I know you're young and you probably haven't received much feedback, but if you have a time that you have, well, read between the lines. What she was saying is, uh, you know, I'm not sure that you're going to admit that you're not perfect based on what I saw in your first interview, but I'd like to give you the opportunity to tell me how you've received negative feedback. Well, thankfully I had an answer for that, right? Because I'd gone through some of the interview preparation stuff by that point, recognizing that I hadn't done that great in the first interview. And and it went okay. It turned out that I didn't want to work in HR, right? That was an HR interview. So moved on. But what it taught me was, again, that self-awareness about what happens to me and what catches me off guard really did come out in that interview, even though I thought I would do a good job and I thought, oh, yeah, I've done this a whole lot. I've interviewed other people. Not the same, right? So thinking about that, what comes out in your interview that you're not aware of? How are people reacting to you, which we'll get into a little bit more when we look at that social awareness but for you to know what's going on inside of you. And so in in this Emotional Intelligence 2.0, they talk about that, watch yourself like a hawk, right? Really pay attention to what's going on with you and know what pushes your buttons, right? Know what it is that gets you nervous or know how you react when you get nervous. All of those pieces that why you do the things you do which is also in here. All of those things can help you identify what it is that's going on and to do something about it, right? You can't regulate, which is the next thing we're going to talk about if you aren't aware. So gathering that awareness, keeping a journal of your emotions. We talk about journaling a lot and and kind of seeing how your emotions might look when you're watching others, right? If you think, wow, I really don't like what that person looks like when they're angry or what that person does when they're speaking, then watch yourself. Are you doing some of those same things? This is both the good and bad of a mock interview that's recorded, right? I find that a lot of times people pay too much attention to the visual and not the visual in terms of are they twirling their hair or doing some of the things they want to not do, but how we look, and we can focus too much on that if we do that visual inner mock interview, but it can be helpful. We're also just looking for how do I sound? How do I come across? How would I take what I'm saying? And you can do a lot of that just by voice if you want to record yourself, as we've talked about when we talk about interview prep, listen to how you sound, right? And if you're going to go in and talk to your boss about something getting a raise, getting a promotion, try it on somebody else, record it. How are you coming across so that you can, again, watch yourself like a hawk? 
And always, of course, seeking feedback, which is difficult for some of us. And it can be really great to help us understand how we are, right? That self-awareness piece. So that self-awareness piece, part of what I, I love in the counseling work that I've done is the idea of scripts. And this comes from Eric Burns' Transactional Analysis, old, old, old book. I think it must be British from all of the stuff that, that I've found online. But the little old book, Transactional Analysis book, it talks about the three roles that we might take, right? Are, are you usually in your parent and coming across as a parent to other people? Are you in, usually in your adult very few of us are usually in our adult unless we work on it, right? That adult is is that kind of emotion-free, but uses emotions when it's relevant and, and all of those things. And then that child, which can be a free kind of spirit, or and they call that the adapted child or okay child, or that that unokay child, right? That not okay child who's upset and um, throws fits, has tantrums. And we've all seen adults who act like that, right? Because that's their, their main ego state. That's their default ego state. And what it talks about going a little bit deeper than the ego states in transactional analysis is that a lot of us operate based on a script, a script of what we're told we are, a script of who we believe we are, a script that really revolves mostly around the past, right? We are very caught up in who we used to be, who people have told us that we are, all of those things that really are in the past. And if we can get out of that and, and focus on who we are in the present and even we want to be, who we're becoming, as my friend Rich Feller says, we can get out of some of those scripts. And it's it's also great to realize what the scripts are, right? What is it that you're telling yourself about yourself? What is it that you've believed about yourself that may or may not be true? What your parents told you? All of those things. And we can have good or bad scripts, right? A script that runs in your head that says, I'm perfect and I never do anything wrong, maybe because your parents we're instilling that in you, which can be great. That script can also be getting in your way. Scripts that I'm not worthy, I, you know, I don't deserve this. Obviously, that can get in your way. So it's recognizing what that script is and being able to act differently when you need to, right? That's the self-regulation piece that we're going to go into. First, we have to have the awareness. So that awareness piece of who we are, obviously really key for the next piece, which is the self-management. So if we are going to change our script, right, we've got to know what it is, and then we have to be able to do some things to manage it. One of the best things that I learned in counseling, which is so easy, is stop. When those negative thoughts are running through your head or when you're about to react to somebody badly or when you started to react to somebody badly and you realize that that's not how you want to react you stop I'm sorry that's not how I I wanted to react to this or 
my, I'm sorry, let me try that again. And you might think that people are going to think you're weird. Most people are just going to go, wow, that's pretty cool. Because very few people do it, right? We fly off the handle, we say things we don't mean to say, and we try to fix it later, we try to cover it up, we try to make up for it. But if we would just stop and change how we're doing it, then we would actually change our pattern, change our script for the next time. Watching my sister do this with her four-year-old, right? How do you want to do this differently? How do you want to say it differently? Similar things in the in the book, uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, count to 10, sleep on it, breathe. All of those things can help us manage ourselves better. One of the ones I love in this Emotional Intelligence 2.0, smile and laugh more. Right, if you want to be able to better manage your emotions, bring some positive emotion into your life and smile and laugh, right? Then we can have more energy to deal with the bad things. Focus on your freedoms rather than your limitations. I love that. Focus on your freedoms rather than your limitations. And when you're in that sticky situation and you don't know how you should react or if you reacted the best way or whatever it is, talk to somebody who's not emotionally invested in your conversation, in your reaction, in whatever it is that you're doing. Because that person that's emotionally invested is going to give you their perspective by the way they want it to work. If you talk to somebody who's outside of it, and that can be hard to find, then you'll be able to better manage yourself the next time based on that feedback. Change. Realize that change is going to happen. A lot of self-management issues come up when we have to change and we aren't ready for it, right? Watch, and we've talked about this a lot, watch what's going on, watch where things are going, and we're going to talk about that some more as we move forward but watching some of those things so that you're ready for that change. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the self-management tips, and we've talked a little bit about self-awareness. And when we come back, we're going to talk about social awareness, so changing our interactions with others. And then we're going to finish up with relationship management, how to be better in relationships with others. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and continue on helping you improve your emotional intelligence. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, 
or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And tonight we are talking about emotional intelligence and how it works for you or against you when you're trying to get that promotion, when you're trying to move up within your company, get on the projects you want to be on, or even in an interview. So we've talked about self-awareness, right? being aware of how you act from default. right? What's your default reaction to things? And then we've talked a little bit about self-regulation. How do you adjust that default? And obviously you have to know before you can adjust it. And then some of the tools to do some of that adjustment are, are really kind of simple in terms of taking the time to change how we, how we do things, and having the energy to do those things, right? In emotional management, self-management takes takes that energy. And for those of us who aren't used to it, aren't good at it, don't it doesn't come to you naturally, it takes even more energy, right? And so the the book Emotional Intelligence 2.0 that we're talking about talks about some of those simple things. Get enough sleep. Give yourself downtime. And I'll talk to people who say, well, you know, I'm right in the middle of introverted and extroverted. Well, that really doesn't exist if you look at all of the stuff behind those things. It's your ability to to switch within, within, in between the two can make you look like you're in the middle. But those people who switch between the two best know what their default is and take care of themselves accordingly. So if your default is introversion, right, you get your energy from inside, you've got to take care of that. Don't say, well, I'm pretty extroverted. You might be, and you might be able to switch that way, and that's great. That's a skill that you've learned, and you still got to take care of yourself because your default is introversion, and you won't be able to switch between the two as easily if you're tired. You won't be able to take on that skill set and you won't be able to do some of the things that we're talking about today 
as well when you're tired. And, you know, my personal example of this and something became I became aware of very quickly was that when I'm tired, I cannot self-monitor as well as I needed to, which I learned when I, I said the S word in front of a boss while I was working at Colorado State University. And it wasn't a big deal. He wasn't offended, but he'd never heard me say it before. And he probably shouldn't have heard me say it ever. Right. And now I know that if I get myself overly tired, overwhelmed, that's how I react in stress, which is also in this book, Know Thyself in Stress, right? What do you do when you're overly stressed so that you can watch out for those things, be careful of them, and hopefully not make that same mistake twice, which was quite embarrassing for me. So we've talked about that self-management, talked about self-awareness, Now we're going to move into talking about social awareness. And social awareness is that empathy. It's the ability to see what's going on in in people and to react, right? To change how we react because we can see what's going on with other people. It's a skill. You can learn it and it will help you, I promise. Simple, simple, simple thing. Greet people by name. And really care what their name is. People oftentimes when people say, oh, I'm not good at remembering names. That shouldn't be a flippant flippant thing, right? It shows that you care. And if you really care about meeting someone, getting to know them, you'll care about their name. Does that mean that you'll remember it every time? No. But it does mean that you will try. And that you'll probably be better at it than you think you are because you're paying attention to it, because you are really paying attention to the other person. This is one of my favorite things about an article written about charisma, is they talk about how charisma is really about your ability to be about the other, to know their name, to listen to them, do all of those things that help you Show them that they're important rather than showing them how important you are, which can tend to be some of our default, right? I'm going to show them how great I am, how smart I am. Well, guess what? That's really not what wins people over, right? And if you read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's all about the other and being able to get other people talking, get other people to to do what they want to do, really, and and they'll like you for it, which is kind of hard for some of us to wrap our minds around. One of the things that I really loved in this Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book was don't take notes at meetings. Kind of counterintuitive. Don't take notes at meetings. When I read it, I get it, right? That instead of paying attention to the content, which is very little of communication, right? Pay attention to What's really going on in the room? How are people interacting with each other? How are people reacting to what's going on? What are the emotions that are going on in the room and the interactions going on in the room instead of being so worried about the content? And obviously, if you need to take notes, you need to write some things down, do that, and then switch back over to paying attention to what's going on in the meeting. Loved that. Thinking about listening and really understanding people, trying to get the whole picture, 
one of the favorite books in my counseling career school-wise was called From Debate to Dialogue. And dialogue, the, the real meaning of dialogue, is really all about understanding the other's perspective. doesn't mean that you have to validate it necessarily or agree with it for sure, but that you truly seek to understand what's going on with the other person, where they're coming from, why they feel that way. All of those things and asking all those questions can actually help you get to answers and get to solutions so much better collaboratively rather than feeling like, oh, I'm going to tell you how it is, right? All, all of those approaches step on people, whereas if we understand where they're coming from, we might be able to find that middle place, to find that solution that really doesn't require us to give up everything or accept everything that they're saying, but to have a good solution that may be even more creative and better than what we had thought of before. Mind-blowing, right? So thinking about, am I really listening? Am I trying to get into their shoes? If I'm looking at the whole picture, all of those pieces. And you can practice doing that, right? Practice doing it with your spouse. might be the hardest place to do it. Practice doing it with your kids, depending on their age, right? It's not going to do much good to try to figure out what a two-year-old is, where two-year-old's coming from, although sometimes it can. But if your kids are especially teenagers, right, great practice for this. Where are they coming from? What's going on? Instead of jumping to conclusions, as we tend to do, especially when we've got teenagers, I, I have observed. Other thing, observe. Right? Observe other people. How are they interacting? How are they changing their reactions based on other people? And it re- really can help you see what you want to do. Now, if you're going into an interview, this may not be something that you've thought about before, but it's something that helps immensely is to match other people's communication styles. It takes that social awareness right? Because you are watching what's going on. You're watching how other people are approaching things and then you are adjusting. So if you tend to be highly introverted, you're quiet and you walk into a room where everybody is more social or louder, increase your volume, right? Put on that smile. All of those things that can help you match their style going to make it a much more productive interview. You might say, well, but they're not getting the real me. Well, that's true. And you might decide that that environment's not a good fit for you but it may be that that's just part of the team or that you'd like to work with that team even though that's not your default all of those things can come into play but they're going to think that you're quiet and not sure that you're interested if you don't match their style same thing if you tend to be loud and outgoing and and you're you know you're coming into the interview while bubbly and the person across from you tends to be more they're quiet, they are reserved, quiet yourself down, again, even matching their their pace, their speed, can really help you connect with that person on a, a bigger level, not just on the what you might see as the surface, but you're changing some of those surface things so that your communication can connect with the person easier can really help you in an interview to do these these simple little things that can make you more likable and really that's 
what people are doing when they're interviewing you is seeing if they, they like you, right? And so we can pay attention, watch their body language, and, and adjust, right? That's that self-management, social awareness piece of matching that communication style. So when we come back from our last break here, we're going to talk about relationship management and some of the tools and techniques that you can use to manage relationships based on kind of putting all of these pieces together of self-awareness, self-regulation, and social awareness or empathy. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and give you some last few tools here for managing your relationships. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and tonight we are talking about some of the tips and tools that you can use to improve your emotional intelligence and improve your career trajectory. I think as the economy gets maybe less, it's more knowledge-based is what they call it, but it really, what I've seen is that your mobility is less based on technical competence as it is your emotional competence and it's not because the technical competence isn't important i think it's because the technical competence is less differentiating right there's tons of engineers there's tons of these people and those people and lots of people have 15 years of experience in x y or z and so if you want to stand out 
and you want to get hired, you want to get promoted, a lot of that is going to be your ability to win others over, right? And woo isn't a strength for all of us. If you're into the strengths finder and you've done the strengths finder, you, you know that winning others over is one of the strengths, but it's not for all of us, right? So these are some tools that you can use to improve your ability to do that. Not in a, you know, bad way, thinking of the wicked witch putting her little fingers together. We're not plotting to take over the world here. We are simply trying to improve our communication and and honestly be able to get what we want more often. That's part of it. But also to interact better with others and help others get what they want more often because it doesn't have to be an either or which is part of that self-awareness piece, right? Knowing that that it doesn't have to be that either or. So we've talked about self-awareness. We've talked about self-regulation or management, social awareness or empathy, and relationship management. And we've talked about some of the things from Emotional Intelligence 2.0, Travis Badbury and and Jean Graves talked a little bit about some counseling theories, especially transactional analysis um, from, by Eric Burns and thinking about what's our script, right? What do we tell ourselves? What is our default interaction style, right? We talked about the parent, adult and child, and most people tend to default either from parent or child. A lot of that can be related to birth order or whatever it is that your script told you that you had to do, right? What is, what's your default? And so our struggle a lot of times is to get into that adult when we're talking with others and or to recognize where somebody's coming from and decide the best place to meet them, which may be where they're at, right? If we have a colleague who tends to be in that free child, right, where they always don't care about deadlines and all of those things, we may want to try to meet them there, right, to, to really find out why, they, why they're there and how that works for them. And then take them to the adult place or, or try to have that adult more adult conversation with them after we've met them where they are. Sometimes when we jump to being the adult, what we're really doing is being the parent, right? You need to stop being so procrastinating or whatever it might be that really, I mean, you can hear that parent voice, right? And that may not be the best approach. Um, and it may be hard to approach it from an adult. So you may start by meeting them where they're at. But all of that comes down to being able to recognize what's going on in the transaction, right? That transactional analysis. If you're an engineer, you should love this. Go read about transactional analysis. You can analyze all the transactions. Then, of course, your challenge is going to be managing yourself so that you can manage that relationship better. Some of the simple things that they talk about with relationship management, you know, being open and curious, being willing to adjust your communication style to play around with it, to experiment. And I loved this. Remember that the little things pack a punch. Talked a little bit about my nieces and nephews, right? And and even in my household, as they've been staying with us for the last few months, there are so many more thank yous, pleases, you're welcomes, sorries. As adults, we tend to not say those things as much as we could, right? We've been told, don't say you're sorry. It admits guilt. 
well, guess what? Sometimes you're guilty, and that's part of that self-awareness and self-management piece is being able to say, hey, my bad, I'm sorry. Now, you don't want to overdo it, especially with that one. You can become that doormat, right, where you're always sorry for everything and take maybe even taking responsibility for stuff that's not yours. When it's yours, say you're sorry, right, like you're four. When somebody does something nice, say thank you. When somebody does something nice, says thank you, say you're welcome. All of those little things that we can do to build our relationships are huge. They're little, but they're huge. So I love this too, only get mad on purpose, right? That goes back to the self-awareness, self-regulation piece of do you need to be angry about this, right? Get mad on purpose. And when you care, show it, right? We were talking about names and using people's names and how that shows that you care. And when you care, it's okay to show it, right? Deborah Benton, uh, she writes a lot about how to be a good executive. And one of the things I love about her very simple but powerful presentations that she gives and what she writes in her books is that a lot of times we think we have to be this stiff person to be a good executive and she's watched and and practiced and seen that actually executives succeed who do little things that are different right who can laugh at themselves who can smile she talks a lot about smiling and I love it right and she also talks about physical touch in a good way right being able to touch someone's arm I think even to give hugs where it's appropriate And some of us have to work on that in one way or the other, more than others. But thinking about, are you able to show that you care when you do in one way or another? And does your tone of voice and all of those things match what you're saying, right? If you're saying that you're so excited, but you're saying, oh, I'm so excited about this. Not going to work for that relationship piece. People don't get it. They don't know what to think. They don't know how to react. So when we're thinking about these relationships, it's really about having the conversations that you need to have, because if you don't have them, you won't have a relationship, right? You can't avoid conflict and consider yourself in a relationship, but also choosing when and how to have those conversations so that you maintain the relationship, right? Avoiding getting Mad, or avoiding getting mad out of the blue, matching your emotions to what you say, showing you care when you do, explaining your decisions, little things that just help people understand where you're coming from, right? And paying attention to where others are coming from. That's that relationship piece. And again, it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of energy. Relationships typically aren't built overnight, and they can be broken very easily. And that's the trust piece, right? It takes a lot of building and building and building to build trust. And it can take just a few things to completely deflate it. I love the balloon analogy of trust, right? Where you've got to put in a little bit of air at a time to blow up that balloon of trust, but somebody can pop it with a dart of ill intent. They can pop it with a dart of lies. They can they can deflate it fairly quickly, 
by not delivering on something they said they would do. It takes a lot to build that trust, to build those relationships, and we can ruin them fairly easily, and there are things that we can do to rebuild them faster if we catch ourselves in the act, which goes back to that self-awareness and self-management. So as you're thinking about moving forward in your career or, you know, boy, I keep getting all these interviews and I'm always not selected, go check out this book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and start thinking about ways that you can improve your self-awareness, self-regulation, social awareness, and relationship management. And we'll be back here again next week on The Career Confidant. You can always catch up with me at astrategicadvantage.com and you can follow along with us at getcareersmart.com so this is Marie Zimanoff, your host for the Career Confidant and go out and work on your emotional intelligence to advance your career and we'll see you right back here next week on the Career Confidant Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.